You're listening to Tim Talks, Taking Interest in Ministry, a conversation between two great friends with over 70 years of ministry between them. Ministering on opposite sides of the border, Dr. Al Stone is the General Director of Bearing Precious Seed Canada and Pastor Emeritus of the Bible Baptist Church in St. Thomas, Ontario, Canada, while Pastor Dan Wolven pastors the North Columbus Baptist Church in Columbus, Ohio. Listen now as Al and Dan review and relate their experiences in hopes of helping others who are taking an interest in ministry. Now, here is Tim Talks. Welcome to Tim Talks. It's Wednesday. It's still Zoom. We're still going. We have a timer. We'll be done in approximately 20 minutes. The only problem is I don't have the timer. Brother Wolven does. And we know what happens when he has control of the timer. Yes, everything is wonderful. Delightful. Wonderful. Delightful. Wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. You can listen to Tim Talks on the drive to work, on the drive home, on the drive work the next day, and you're still on the same podcast. (laughs) Great, because I only live 90 seconds away. Hey, how far is your new place? The next two or three days. Yeah. How far is your new place? Really? It's only like six miles, but north, south, north, uh, south, about 15 minutes with traffic. So when we were in Westerville, it was like 18 minutes away. So. Oh, still good. Oh, yeah. We're, um, still, we're still local, although I'm in a different county. Franklin yeah, County is, you know, all Democrats. And Delaware County, whenever I looked at the list, it was R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-
Now, what my about the other thing? <laughs> yeah, I know. Oh, my goodness. I'm wearing bigger shirts, though, so I, I will say <laughs> I, I I put a shirt on Sunday, and I think I could have gone to a 17 instead of a 17 and a half. I think I, awesome. I, think I can do it. Yeah, it's gone. Whew, it's a lot of work, though. A lot of work. Actually, it's no work because I don't eat. We just don't eat anymore. So, But I do drink something other than water. I've had more than water. I have I actually put a flavoring in my water because I just straight water. Oh, oh, no, I, you're a better man delicious. than me. It's delicious. Now I'm starting to be able to tell the difference of what came from a pond, what came from a lake, what came from a spring, <laughs> what came from the tap, what came from Flint, Michigan. I, I can start to you know, tell them yeah. all. Oh, yeah. When you go in the dark, it came from Flint. <laughs> <laughs> I'm passing through there on my way home. I'll stop and get you a glass. <laughs> what a mess. What a mess. Wow. Well, we started on Monday with some misconceptions, and, and we have another misconception today. And, and the misconception comes from a question from the electronic mailbag. Somebody said, we had a discussion in our church about whether or not the unsaved should come to church. Do we invite unsaved people to church? And there's always question about the, um, you know, the Calvinist idea. Should we be, you know, trying to win people to Jesus Christ because the elect will be called of God and we don't want to interfere with that. So misconceptions about soul winning today and talking to people about Christ or inviting people to church. Misconception. Start us out, Brother Wolven, on your idea of the misconceptions of soul winning. Well, I think one of them is that people will say that it doesn't work today. Um, mm -hmm. You know, that, that those things, because we don't see immediate results, but, mm -hmm. uh, but I don't, I don't know how many immediate results we're going to see, you know, in, in this upcoming, these upcoming generations. Uh, we had the advantage of, um, as we were growing up, we lived in a society where at least there was biblical understanding, maybe not, certainly not a knowledge of Christ, but there was a biblical foundation. And so when that was dr drilled into families, you know, children that would go to church, sometimes the whole family went to church, it was just the, the idea that you even if the place did not preach the gospel, you got some scriptural foundation anyway, um, maybe not the gospel. And so then as the gospel is presented later in life and the Holy Spirit had this sort of uh, pool of scriptures and, you know, conscience to draw from, there were many, many immediate conversions and somebody jumping right in and, and just completely their life changing. My father-in-law being a, just a phenomenal example of the grace of God. But as the society has received less Bible and less scriptures, like for example, I know of a guy, he was younger than me. He's in his mid fifties and he grew up in Iowa and uh, he was in Iowa every morning, all the way through high school. The uh, different teacher, no matter who the homeroom teacher was, they read a chapter of the Bible every morning when they did the pledges. Mm -hmm. 
and and then they would pledge the flag and they would pray. They read an entire chapter of the Bible every morning because the, mm. the community felt this is a good thing for our kids to hear. You know, and now wow. they weren't allowed to necessarily preach a sermon, but they read a right. passage. And so whether it was a saved person or not, they were reading the Bible. They're reading a passage out of the mm. Bible. They were recommended passages and things like that. And so, um, you know, our society is not that way now. And so no. you know, there's a guy just think of 180 days, 13 years, out, you know, for 30, 13 years, for 180 days, how many chapters of the Bible that he learned? And whenever he heard the gospel, he said, like, the second time he ever heard the gospel, he trusted Christ. So um, just to say, I, I, I think there may be, you know, some adaptations we need to begin. But to say so when he doesn't work means God's not true. Yeah. Yeah. In Proverbs chapter 11, verse 30, the fruit of the righteous is a tree of life and he that winneth souls is wise. You know, the word of God tells us we're supposed to be doing that winning souls. And, And let's clarify for those that maybe are younger. We understand that we don't win people to Christ. We, we lead them to Christ and we, you know, give them, you know, clear understanding of who Christ is and why they need Christ. But the, the job of salvation is not ours. We don't we don't save people. And right. we've used that term and and we really misuse it, but we understand what we're saying. I I saved my sister, or I, you know, I was soul winning. Those are good terms, and we understand what we're saying, but we're really leading them to an understanding of Christ where the Holy Spirit then convicts them and they then call on Christ to be their savior. So mm-hmm. that's what we're doing. But we're giving people the message of God, the, the gospel, the good message. Jesus talks about the gospel, the good message, the good news that Jesus saves, that he's the Savior. So that's what we're doing. Why wouldn't you do that? Why wouldn't you want to do that? Why wouldn't you want for everyone to do that? And why wouldn't you do it in every application that you can? That's why we're here. That's why God saved us, so that we could be a verbal um, uh, source for those that don't know Christ. So yeah, soul winning is important. I I love soul winning. I love telling people Amen. about Christ, and I love when they receive Amen. Christ. It's Amen. one of the highlights of my life. Yeah, absolutely, yes. absolutely. Yes. Yeah, so other misconceptions. Sometimes yeah. what we we have that we've got an additional misconception with this, in the fact that well, um, I've invited lots of people to church since we talked. To, we're talking about the merging there of church and things like that. Um, a lot of my friends, they go to other churches that that they like. And um, mm-hmm. and I know that our independent Baptist churches are are not n- normally on that cutting edge in music and those kind of things. And uh, I do think what we do, we need to do very well. But we sh- we shouldn't be ashamed. We should take pride in who we are and what we're doing. And I think we're missing some of that in the idea of, well, I don't expect anybody to come because, and, and I mean, man, I, I pray in faith. I pray believing. I, and then I go out and talk to people. I, I'm excited. I want people to come and meet some of the friendliest people that they'll ever meet in our church. I want people to to experience the you know, the word of God being given and and uh, a place where people can love someone to Christ. So, you know, just to think that we're not 
we're not popular, we're not the fad, we're not the, you know, yeah, we may not be getting 100 people, 100 visitors a week, but we can get three and four, you know, so yeah, yeah, what a difference that makes in 52, 52 weeks. Right, right. I've said this, that the church in its purest form is for the saved. It's for people that know Christ, but it doesn't exclude people that are lost from the service as well. Um, and, and we use the church as an opportunity to share the gospel. Um, and it's become a great evangelistic outreach and in, by inviting people to church. And so in, in the email that we got, you know, that conversation was, should people, unsaved people come to church? Absolutely. Bring them to church. Let them hear the gospel. It may be the first time they've ever heard the word of God and let them see how church is operated and understand what it's all about. And, uh, so yeah, I say that, we don't have, as you said, we don't have all the lights and, you know, fancy dancy stuff. But what we have in our churches is the truth of the gospel. It is shared in almost every service. And any preacher worth his salt is going to know when an unsaved person is there in that message, there is going to be a call to salvation or at least the offer of salvation to those that want it. And so very, very important. And in our own lives, we ought to be looking at every person we meet as an opportunity to share the gospel with them because we don't know if they're saved or not. So opportunity there. So, so winning. Yeah. Everybody ought to be doing it. Everybody needs it if they're not saved. Yes. The, uh, you know, the opportunity that we have here is another, maybe an associated misconception. We think that the gospel should be preached more inside the church. In actuality, the gospel should mainly be preached outside the church. That, that's mm -hmm. the main place where the gospel should be preached. It doesn't forbid the opportunity of having an altar call and those kind of things, but definitely the gospel should be preached outside the church much more than it is inside the church. And until we we all get that burden and really understand um, the happy uh, responsibility that we have, it's not a, it's not a chore. It is a joyous responsibility to be able to tell somebody what Jesus did for us. So that's that's very important to to understand because sometimes it, it's the other way. Well, yeah. I can't yeah. tell anybody, but I'll bring them so my pastor can. Well, amen that that happens. Praise God that that happens. But yeah, yeah. should be telling people outside the church much more than giving the gospel inside. Absolutely. Absolutely. Make it your goal to bring the lost to church with you that you've led to Christ. That's that's what you ultimately want to do. But, yeah, bring them in so we can hear the word. Wow. I think we're close to time, are we not? Nope, it's only 14 minutes. 14? Oh, my goodness. See, I, I lose all sense of direction and time. Wow. All right. Good. I was flashing the New yeah. York area code 212, but it was... Oh, 212. 12. Oh, oh. Like, I was doing the 2-1-2, like New York. <laughs> I saw 2-1. I saw <laughs> You're telling me 21 oh. minutes. Okay, good. Oh, okay, good. Um, good, because I have a timer on, too. I put it on, but I started late, so I wasn't 100% sure. Okay, good. So let's keep going. All right, so let me ask you this. You, you said something earlier. Does soul winning work today? Are, are people getting saved today? Are they getting saved in the same number? 
are they being saved by the same you know action of door knocking and bus visitation and all that are those things working today what's your perspective on soul winning and what's happening with soul winning in our culture today what are you seeing okay that's that's sort of like two different questions yeah a yeah. visitation program versus being a soul winner being mm-hmm. a soul winner always works a soul winner is going to win souls. Um, going out soul winning is like one or two hours out of the week. But being a soul winner is always looking for the lost. And I guess that's the big difference there. Uh, being a soul winner always works. But whenever the whenever the soil is more rocky and much more dry, and not as near as good as it has been in years past. It, there were years past that you go out two hours a week and mm-hmm. you'd see results. Um, not so much now. So uh, it, it would take a lot more time to do that. And to tell you the truth, there were many people in decades past, two hours was never enough. They'd go out six. They'd go out all day Saturday. They they would go out Tuesday evening, Thursday evening, and five or six hours Saturday, not because they're trying to fill a timesheet, just because they were so addicted to it. Yeah, yeah. It, it, I've said this in my preaching, and, and it sounds terrible, but sewing used to be so fun. It used to be so fun. You'd go out, and on a Saturday, you know, knocking doors, you would. You'd see people saved. You'd see people promise to come to church, and they'd show up, and it, it was awesome. I mean, it was, it was a great time. And I had a guy say one time, you know, we don't pick fruit from the tree. We catch it as it falls. And there, there was a time when it was like that. Um, and I would say that's not necessarily the day to day, but that doesn't mean that we stop going. It doesn't mean that, Amen. you know, you don't, you don't keep, keep going to the field. If you have a bad year as a farmer, you don't, you don't give up and quit planting. You might have a drought. You might have hail. You might have insects. You might have a blight, but you you get up, you make right what's wrong, and you go back into the field and you plant with hope of a harvest. And I think Amen. a bigger part of the problem today is that we don't expect a harvest. We don't that's expect right. people to get saved. That and is right. so a lot of it's it is our exactly own attitude, right. and we don't present the gospel in the same fashion with the same intensity or fervency um, because we think, well, they don't really want it or they're not going to get saved. And I actually did a nursing home ministry last week. I preached at a nursing home. Uh, it's actually a retirement home uh, for folks. And we had some ladies that came to the service. And I said something about, now go tell the people in this home about Christ. And the lady raised her hand. She said, could I tell you that most people here don't want anything to do with it? We, we've tried. They don't want it. And I said, well, here's here's the deal. I find that I do get that attitude sometimes. But there's always that one. There's that one that's looking. There's that one that we don't know about. Or there's one who has come to a situation in life where they think, I I really need Christ now. And we've got to be ready when that one is ready. And if we reach that one, oh man, that's awesome. And sometimes, you know, when you find, when you find something that's lost, that's exciting. When you see it every day, that's not so exciting, but when it's lost and you find it incredible. And that's what we're doing, you know, and Christ even gave that parable 
um, finding that lost coin. And when you find it, it's exciting. So that's that's what we need to do too. And I think we need an attitude adjustment. Why do we tell people about Christ? Because it's fun? No. We tell people about Christ because we're supposed to. And we tell people about Christ because if we don't, they are going to perish. And when we stand before God, he, he's not going to say, well, you want 100 people to the Lord. He, he's going to say, you are faithful. You went at it. I think, man, if I was a missionary in Rome or if I was a missionary in, you know, China, I'm not going to see the same result as somebody in, in a country where the gospel has been heard and preached and able to be preached. China's seen some great results. Let's say, you know, Afghanistan. There's not going to be the same result yeah. when the country's not prepared for it like we are. Indonesia so, yeah, versus the Philippines. It. You know, one's exactly. basically Muslim and the other's going through a spirit of revival. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, you just got to stay at it no matter what. That You took the next point right out of my mouth. Uh, I wow. wanted to say that we need to sow in faith. Now, mm. there is an element that we sow in duty. I do it because it's right. But if we only do it out of duty and not out of faith, when we do something out of faith, we believe that God is and that he will reward. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, according to Hebrews 11. And so as I am going through and knocking on doors and talking to people and following up and talking to parents of kids who ride the bus. I mean, I'm not just going through the motions. I mean, we need to be doing this in faith. I believe that God is and that he does reward and that he's more concerned about these people than I am. And so my job is I've got to get them the gospel. And, you know, if, if more of us would, and when we just do it out of duty or obligation, that's all, it'll tail off and it'll trail away and then we won't be doing it at all. Right, right. To me, it's a treasure hunt. You're, you know, you're going out with Amen. a metal detector of the soul. And when you find something and unearth that, it's it's awesome. Um, it does, it does, you know, take time and it, yes. it, you have to build some trust and you've got to, you, you've got to work at it a little bit, but you know what? That's okay. That's okay. It's worth it when mm -hmm. we find that one that's lost. Amen. Well, now I believe our time may be gone. Yep. Where see we you. Okay. Bye. bye. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> see, you, see you Friday. Bye. <laughs> oh man. Wow. <laughs> what a team we are. We work together really well. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> you don't make it this far, folks, on love and, you know, compassion. You don't make it. No, it's it's just bold, just bold work, just working at it. <laughs> well, I can tell that you're into a next decade. You're you're much more <laughs> philosophical. Old and grouchy. Old and, and grouchy. On deep in the things of life and you're willing to impart your vast years of knowledge to everyone. So welcome to the sixties. No, I, I just threw my hip out. I just threw a hip out. That's a problem. I'm in pain. I can't hardly stand it. I'm sitting in this chair. I meant the 1960s. <laughs> Radical man. Oh, Red man. Groovy. Right on. Groovy. <laughs> wow. I am in Wolverine, Michigan still. I'm never getting out of here. How do I get out of this place? 280 <laughs> people. They've got an ice cream shop that makes pizza. They have a library. They have two antique stores. 
two cannabis stores. That should tell you something about this community. Wow. <laughs> I'm going, I'm going soul winning today. <laughs> <laughs> so from Wolverine, Michigan, I'm Al Stone finishing up a missions conference. Hey, I got to tell people this. Uh, we just, we are right around the $200,000 mark for our, uh, uh, matching. Uh, we're about $191,000 Canadian. We need 250 to match. I'm looking for 49 churches, 49 individuals that'll give $1,000 so that we can reach that $250,000 mark. I'm pretty sure if we if we raise this 250, we will have enough to finish the project in Canada. So Amen. let me put it out there. I'm going to be putting it out over the next month. If we could do that, maybe plan now as part of your Christmas you know, offering or whatever, if you would do that, that would be great. We want to make that mark. We've got till the end of the year to do that. And if you would help us with that, that'd be great. And let us finish this nation off with the gospel. And uh, I just talked to somebody the other day. They said that there's someone in Hungary who is trying to reach all of Hungary with the gospel at the same time. Yeah. Wouldn't it be neat to be able to finish those this coming year? So let's do that. I'm Al Stone, and I am so glad you're with us today. I'm looking forward to Friday already. This Dan Wolven, I was going to say a little bit more, but uh, that commercial put us about four minutes over the time. So goodbye. Wow. wow. I'll, I'll take it back. I'll take it back. Go ahead. Say all you want. <laughs> <laughs> You've been listening to Tim Talks, taking interest in ministry with new podcasts added each Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. To learn more about your host, Dr. Al Stone and Pastor Dan Wolven, you can visit us at timtalks.com. That's T-I-I-M talks.com.